Please remember that the Lucy Pod is not a replacement for professional medical advice. If you have questions or concerns about your own amazing brain, please speak to a medical professional. I wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I speak to you all today, the peoples of the Kulin Nation. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Lucy Pod. I hope that you are all well and are staying safe. Hi, hi again. Um, I don't know why I, I, I said hi again. I feel like I haven't done this in a while and so I'm, I, I forget how to be on my, on my own um, podcast. I feel like a YouTuber who's like come back to YouTube and they're like, oh my God, I don't know where to look. Like, where do I put the camera? Oh my God, eh. oh, it's me, I'm back. Oh. Um, but I'm not going to, like, put it behind a paywall. Anyway, hi. <laughs> I'm doing it again. Um, so what I wanted to say is, is that I always want to do Q&As. I think Q&As are a good episode format. They're not too long. They're not too short. They're an episode wherein you can be doing other things but also listening, which is great for ADHDers who need to be, you know, need to have something going on in the background while they're doing a task, whether it be like folding, you know, the laundry, doing the dishes, cleaning the house. It's, it's a good, it's a good time. However, whenever I put out a Q&A request, I only get like a couple of questions, which hurts my feelings. No, I'm kidding. Um, which, you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to do a Q&A episode though with uh, two questions. So what I have actually started doing, I actually started doing this before I knew I wanted to do Q&A episodes. I always compile or I note down uh, interesting, silly, or just downright ignorant questions that I receive in person um, about ADHD and about being ADHD. So rather than constantly putting out, hey, ask me a question and not getting one and then not doing an episode, uh, a Q&A episode, I thought, why not have an episode where I answer some of these questions that I've actually received in real life? Um, obviously, some of these questions were asked a very long time ago, so I don't know if I necessarily answered the same way, but um, let's let's do it. Let's give it a go. Um, probably some of the questions that I were asked were pretty silly, and I probably responded in quite a sarcastic way. I'm not going to do that on here. Um I mean, not too much because I do genuinely want to answer these questions because some of them, even though they may be ignorant, it's good to have the answer to them so that people maybe can stop asking them and stop being silly about it. So let's do that. Let's do some questions. And when I say ignorant, I, I don't like the word ignorant and I don't like applying it to everything because ignorant for me means someone who knows that they don't know something and chooses to not learn about it, like by wanting to remain ignorant. Whereas if you are just unaware, I don't think that makes you ignorant. It's once you find out and then you continue to do so. So I'm not going to call them ignorant questions. I'm going to call them misguided. Um, challenge, guess which ones are the misguided ones um, and guess which ones are the good faith ones. Uh, let's get into it. Is ADHD because your parents weren't strict enough? Which I think what they meant was, are you ADHD because your parents weren't strict enough? Um, first things first, um, ADHD is a chronic neurological 
condition. It is something that you are born with and that you die with. It is a brain condition. You you are born with that. Um, it is not a behavioral issue in the sense of it's not due, it affects your behavior, but it is not due to how you are disciplined. Um, of course, certain parenting styles, um, certain forms of discipline are better for a neurodivergent child and better for a neurotypical child and, you know, can impact a, their ADHD symptoms differently. However, as a baseline, no, I'm not ADHD because my parents didn't discipline me enough. Um, it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with genetics. I was, um, I was born with it. And I find this question a bit frustrating because then it implies that somehow, let's say the parents made a mistake in their parenting and their child is ADHD. Now they just have to like suffer with it. Like, well, you did the wrong thing. So your kid has to like suffer and you do as well. Um, so yeah, ADHD has nothing to do with parenting and has everything to do with your brain and being born that way, hormones, chemicals, um, and, and all of that. Um, have you tried a sport or karate? Um, this question, I actually get this a lot. And to be honest, I really regret not doing karate because apparently karate is really good for, um, coordination, hand-eye coordination and motor skills, which I'm really bad at because of my ADHD. Um, and I really wish I had agreed to do it when I was younger. I didn't want to. Um, so no, I have not tried it. It doesn't cure ADHD, but it sure helps it. Um, I think people ask cause they're trying to be like, have you tried anything else? Like people are genuinely trying to be like helpful. You know, it's like when you tell someone you have a cold and they say, have you drunk enough water? Or if you save a migraine and they say, have you drunk enough water? Um, yes, I, I have, but no, I haven't with, um, karate or anything. Um, I could pick it up now. I don't know how much use it would be for my ADHD. Cause obviously, uh, my ADHD has evolved now that I am uh, more mature and I'm an adult. Um, so no, I haven't. I haven't tried it. Um, but maybe it'd cure me. I, I, I don't know. Um, now this one isn't a question. It was kind of a statement said to me. Um, I don't think the person meant anything by it, but it's um, it's something that I've talked about a lot on here, and it's. Nowadays, a lot of the kids are getting diagnosed with the depression, the anxiety and the ADHD. It's just such a big thing that now everyone thinks that they have it. Um, yeah, so it's you can't overdiagnose something that is so underdiagnosed. Statistically, ADHD specifically in women or well, in young girls is undiagnosed. It's underdiagnosed. So then the theory or the statement that ADHD is overdiagnosed doesn't really work anymore because you can't overdiagnose something that is underdiagnosed. So ADHD isn't, um, it's not done enough. Uh, maybe in other countries we're seeing an uptick. Like I see this discourse around a lot um, in regards to the States, because the States has a huge over-medication problem. A lot of people are overly medicated, not just on stimulants, but um, there's like a huge addiction problem with pain medications and all of that. So maybe in America, like people are getting overdiagnosed. Maybe Big Pharma is evil. I mean, it is evil, but maybe there's, you know, a point in those theories that, you know, 
it's overdiagnosed or it's oversaturated. However, I'm, I'm coming from an Australian context and an Australian experience and just statistically in Australia, um, it's underdiagnosed. Um, maybe the reason you or people think that it is now becoming such a big thing is because more people are talking about it. That's called awareness. We're more aware. But I wouldn't say that that awareness translates into everyone thinking they're ADHD. That argument or that statement, it kind of reminds me of like when people say, if you talk about race or racism, like more racism happens, like you're causing more division or more racism if you talk about it, which isn't, um, it isn't true. So maybe people, yes, yeah, see that it's talked about a lot more and maybe other people see that and go, well, maybe I might be, maybe it's creating awareness within others, but I don't think that translates into all these people going to the doctor and being told they're ADHD when they're not. I just don't, I just don't think that happens. Um, and I'm sure someone can find like a rogue article or a rogue study being like this one doctor misdiagnosed a bunch of people. But I think as a, as a main um, thing, that is, uh, that is just not, not the case. Next question. Why would you need accommodations? So accommodations meaning why do I need special consideration um, in, uh, in the context of university? Um, because I'm open, um, I wouldn't say mind your own business, but someone asked might be, it's none of your business. Um, the reason I need accommodations is because I'm ADHD and I'm entitled to them and the conversation should stop there. However, for education's sake, um, the reason I have accommodations is, of course, again, I'm ADHD, and these accommodations make my life easier. They make uh, being at university or, in other cases, in high school um, easier for me, and it um, adapts to me and to my needs. Just like ramps are there so that we can adapt and be accommodating of people who use, you know, wheelchairs or people who are on crutches. It is the same reason why I have accommodations. Um, and yeah, that's just that's just the way uh, the way it is. Are you sure you are not just hyperactive? Because I used to chat a lot too when I was little. Um I as we all know, obviously the Lucy pod, I Lucy, I have ADHD. So that's attention hyperactivity, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. However, I don't really feel like ADHD suits me. Woo, coming out. I'm actually ADD. My, I don't feel that I am hyperactive. I don't think I have the hyperactive element. Um, some people think I do because of how much I talk. That's purely my personality. Um, so I don't believe it's um, the hyperactive element. Um, so with this question, no, not all kids are hyper. I was not a hyper child, I don't think. Um, and if I was hyper, it was purely my personality. However, I also had ADHD. So I was also hyperactive, but I also had ADHD. But not all children are hyperactive. There are some very placid, calm children who are very chill, who can just go and do their own thing, their own tasks, can sit quietly, can sit still. You know, the very sort of... um angel children, right? Well, not that hyperactive kids are um, devil children, but sort of like the ideal kid who like doesn't make too much of a fuss. Um, so no, that is not true. 
Um, sure, are little boys who get told they're ADHD probably just hyperactive? Maybe, um, but in my case, uh, no, I am definitely ADHD and just chatty. Um, I, yeah, I uh, don't believe that all children are hyper. Um, maybe you were and that's and that's fine, but that is just not the case. Um, that's not the case for me. I really, really want to go on medication, but I'm scared. Do you have or experience a lot of side effects? Um, yay, medication is great. I mean, it can be great. Um, and in this case, we're referring to stimulants for um, ADHD to manage ADHD symptoms. It doesn't cure ADHD. It merely manages it. It's a form of treatment. Um Obviously, side effects will depend on you and your body. I, thankfully, am somebody who is quite tolerant to medications. I don't have bad reactions to meds. I've only had it on one specific ADHD dose. Um, and I always tell people this story so that they can hear the process. So I was I switched from, I don't know what grams, but I switched to 36 grams, milligrams of um, concerta which I currently take, um, but I take a different dosage. But a long time ago, I switched to 36 and it did help. Um, it was stronger. I felt more focused. However, I was not eating. I did not eat. I could not eat, not because I was being fussy or because I had issues with, you know, food or anything like that. It was that I would have a few bites and I would become incredibly full. My appetite was incredibly low and I became really, really gaunt and I just didn't look well. I looked quite terrible um, and I was, I think, about 15 um, and I weighed like the dangerous amount, like low amount, like it was just really not good. Um, and I was, we were quite concerned because obviously like, you know, this medication it's helping, but it is causing me to rapidly lose weight and look like, um, yeah, just look terrible. And so what I did was I went to my pediatrician. Um, if you're an adult, you will go to your psychiatrist and I told them, that this was happening to me and how I was feeling. And they, we talked about it. They explained that, you know, decreased appetite is a very common side effect. And they told me to switch doses. I did. The dose was great. And my appetite came back and all was well. So the moral of this long-winded story is that if you have side effects. The most amazing thing with this medication is the minute the side effects start affecting you, you hop off the medication. That's it. You take, you stop taking it. They don't last. Once you get off, they stop. You go and see your doctor, your psychiatrist, your pediatrician, or whoever you are seeing that provides you your meds. You tell them about the side effects you're experiencing and you play around with the doses. You figure out and all is well. So you don't, so don't worry. You may or may not get side effects, but the good thing to know is that like, if you have side effects, they can be managed. You don't have to live with side effects. There's this like idea that even with other medication that you have to like, sorry, I'm yawning a lot. <laughs> um, the beautiful thing about 
medications, specifically ADHD medication, is if that if it's not working for you, you get off it and you try something else. So that's what I would say if you're worried about ADHD medication and side effects. Do not worry. Take it from me, someone who had a really bad side effect experience and lived to tell the tale. So the, that's that's what I that's what I would say um, to that. Next one is is I really struggle with hygiene. I don't know what to do. Now I've actually heard this from quite a few ADHDers that they really 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 struggle with hygiene in particular maintaining their own personal hygiene and also uh hygienic surroundings um and I'm not going to be of much help because for me I'm very much the opposite for me showering is a very big part of my routine and how I help myself be centered so for me and I don't know if that's the appropriate term but for me showering is like a stim or I don't know, it's this thing that I do because it feels so good for me and my brain. So when I wake up and when I go to bed, I have a shower. When I'm about to do an assignment or I'm about to have a big study day or I'm having a bad ADHD day, I shower and it's a real great time for me to be centered. I feel fantastic after showering. I feel like I can conquer the world for me like hygiene and doing things you know like skincare and and body stuff and body care I absolutely love it right however for some ADHDs it's like this insurmountable task like having to shower you know you're already falling behind on this and that and there's so much going on in your brain the last thing you want to be doing or worrying about is showering um so it's a really difficult thing so I don't know if I'm a good person to talk about this with because uh, I'm not going to say you know just try and shower just give it a go but what I would say is that try element elements of hygiene and by this I mean let's say that you know it's really hard for you to maintain your personal hygiene try day by day to do at least one element that one element could be brushing your teeth washing your hands or putting on deodorant putting on perfume or rinsing your face. Try doing small ones a day by day because like to just say huff in the shower, that can be like a really big daunting thing. Try little things, little things like, oh my God, I'm so sorry I keep, I keep yawning. I promise you I'm not bored. I'm actually quite excited. Um, trying little things like, okay, I don't want to shower this morning, but like I'm going to brush my teeth. Or I'm going to wash my hands, I'm going to rinse my face, I'm going to put on perfume and such. And then hopefully you will slowly build up to actually I'm going to hop in the shower. Then the next step, I'm going to wash my hair. So that's what I would say. I would also recommend um, having support from others around you. And by having support others around you, I don't mean like people of the public being like, oh my God, it's so scat that you don't shower, like you're disgusting, that's f***ed up. I mean like a family member a sibling or a parent, a sibling or a partner who can just say to you, hey, I'm going to go have a shower. You should go after me. Or if you have a partner, hey, we should have a shower together or let's have a bubble bath. Try and make it, it sounds really childish, but try and make it something fun, something that you can do with somebody else. You can be like, you know, maybe your partner, partners who have ADHD, you know, um, partners who are struggling with hygiene, maybe be like, hey, I bought this really awesome body wash that you might like or I have this really cool um, 
shower bomb or bath bomb or there's this really cool podcast that you have to listen to when you're in the shower. Giving them cues um, is a good way. So that's what I would say in terms of the hygiene aspect. Um, yeah, because I... I can't imagine um, it would be very, very difficult. Whereas for me, I'm the opposite. If I don't have that hygiene and I don't maintain hygiene, I feel a lot worse and I just have to do it. Um, but for others, it's it's like, yeah, it's completely, um, it's completely different. Um, the next question um, is, can't you just focus if you try hard enough and you have grit? I heard this a lot growing up and I still hear this, but in a different way. But particularly when I was growing up, I was told that I lacked um, determination and um, resilience when it came to things. And I will admit that when it came to doing maths or doing things that I knew I found difficult or was not good at, I would give up immediately. Like I didn't want to do it. And so I really did lack a bit of resilience and grit. But when it comes to the focusing part, this was quite, I don't want to say damaging, but it can be quite damaging to tell a child this. Thankfully, I am, I was a kid who had a different temperament, so it was, it was fine for me. But it's a very dangerous thing to say because you fall into the trap of then being like any behaviour that a child demonstrates that is unfavourable is just purely the child's fault and that it's just like a lack of determination on their part rather than addressing the root causes of that behaviour. So if you see that a child, let's not even talk about an ADHD kid, let's say a kid who is continuously having, you know, tantrums, you screaming at the kid saying, why can't you just stop having tantrums? It's not why can't you just stop or can't you just stop? It's why are you having these tantrums? What can we do? Instead of putting the onus on a minor, a child, let's like, let's 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 help the kid. So no, I can't just focus if I try hard enough. Um, especially when I was younger, when I would do my best and really like give up my all and put myself in and really like try and focus, I would be exhausted after half an hour. I would be completely exhausted. It's like telling, well, I don't want to say it's like, but it's kind of reminds me of telling an autistic person to mask. And autistic people can mask, right? But it's so exhausting. Like it's so exhausting having to mask. And so for me, having to put all that mental energy and just being told like, just focus, it's so difficult. Whereas if you just said, how can we help you focus? Can we put you in a quieter room? Can we give you something to fidget with? Can we let you go take a walk? It's such a better question than can't you just focus if you try hard enough? I have tried hard enough. This is me trying hard enough. And you're asking me if I can try harder. So there's there's my answer to, to that um, question. Next one. Is an ADHD just an excuse for being lazy? Um, no, there are people who are lazy and who happen to be ADHD. I am sure there are some people who use their ADHD as a crutch to be lazy. Um, we're not perfect. See, I'm yawning. This question bores me. No, you know, no one is perfect. I think the concept of laziness is a bit silly. But anyway, um, I personally don't use it as an excuse to be lazy because I'm not lazy. Um, 
but the person was asking this in terms of like intellectually lazy, like at school, like, because apparently me not being able to finish my homework was a sign of laziness. No, it's not an excuse for laziness. It's actually an explanation for the paralysis that I feel when having to do homework. It is an explanation as to why I cannot sit still in your class. ADHD is not an excuse. It's an explanation. It's a disorder. Um, and it is responsible for so many um, behavioral things that I do and that other people do. So no, it is not an excuse um, for laziness. Um, if only, if only we could use it. And the kind of final one um, because this is a bit helpful, um, I mean, I feel, how do you manage daily tasks efficiently when you were so bad at it when you were younger? Well, I think the key thing is here when I was younger. So obviously my ADHD, I don't want to say has lessened, but it's improved because when I was undiagnosed and when I was diagnosed, but still very young, it was quite bad because when you're a kid, you're not very organized, you've got a lot going on, life is fun, life is easy, you don't really have to think about tasks because you've got your parents, you've got teachers, you've got all these authority figures telling you what to do. Um, so I was a bit all over the shop, I tried so many methods, I tried daily planners, I tried whiteboards, Google Calendar, I kind of did it all and it was a bit of a disaster. Um, Towards the end of my high school years is when the sort of organisation kicked in. And the reason that organisation and sense of responsibility kicked in is because maturity kicked in. The older you get, the better you get at managing tasks, not only as an adhd but as a neurotypical as well. So I think the first thing is to acknowledge that you will get better at this as you um, age. The next thing I would say is, is that like, don't over download or over purchase planners. We kind of get sucked into that whole productivity loop of I've got to have Google Calendar, I've got to have this, I've got to have that. Choose one element or an amount that is not too overwhelming, I would say one, of something that can keep you on track, whether that be your phone with a to-do list or your phone calendar or your whiteboard or a planner. Choose something that can keep you on track and use that. If you need more, use more. But I'm not going to like say to you, yep, you have to do this and this and this. What I use, I'll say what I use. This isn't what, this isn't me saying that you should use it as well, but this is something that I do is everything that is coming up for me, I put it in my iCal. So whenever a friend says we're going to go get coffee then or, um, I have an assignment due or anything, it goes straight into my calendar and I set a reminder for it for a week before and then three days before. I put everything in my iCal. It's there. I have it there. I check it a lot. It's it's just in there. And because I have maturity, I'm, I've matured and I have, you know, I've evolved. I check it. I make sure everything is, um, you know, is up to speed and is organized. The secondary thing that I do, um, but I don't do this as much, is sticky notes on my desk. So, you know, um, I put sticky note reminders and sticky note lists. And that's how I manage my daily tasks. But because I'm at work a lot of the time during the day, I, I kind of have a routine at work. So those daily tasks 
are kind of innate to me, which is a really annoying thing to say because it's like, what if it's not innate to you? But I would say choose one or two elements to keep you on track and see how you go. Now, some of you might be listening and thinking that's not helpful at all, Lucy. Um, So I'm actually going to finish on a final question that I actually quite like. And this has been asked and said to me, um, in various conversations with ADHDers and non-ADHDers. And I think it's a nice way to finish this episode. And it is, if people, so I've heard, we know that ADHD is often misunderstood. What is one thing you want people to know about you being ADHD? That sounds like I was getting emotional. I'm not. Um, And obviously I've heard really nice answers to this as I've discussed it with people. Um, And my answer has changed. um, And now that I'm on the spot and I want it to sound nice for the end of this episode, um, it's it's put me on the spot. So now I'm I'm a loss for words. But what I would say is, is that I would like people to know that ADHD is, is a disorder and is a condition, a brain condition that affects people in positive and negative ways however ADHD is also a proof of that I don't want to sound wanky that like brains and intelligence and thought and the sense the idea of normalcy is on a spectrum and when we talk about diversity in sexuality gender race um, opinion, there is also a diversity, a neurodiversity and a spectrum in how people operate. So just like some people happen to be black or some people happen to be gay or trans or whatever, people happen to be ADHD. And while it is a disorder, it is it is part of like a variation. It's a part of our evolution. And so rather than treating it like this myth or this thing like oh whatever or oh my god like you're just annoying your ADHD it's as it's as important as diversity in race and gender and I hope that that makes sense um and it doesn't sound wanky so that is what I would say to to that question and to that conversation so thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Lucy pod of this little Q&A. Hopefully this will convince you guys to, I don't know, or encourage you guys to, you know, send me more questions rather than me having to receive these questions in the street. So there you have it, Q&A episode. I have episode ideas um, that I'm wanting to do these coming um, weeks um, that require special guests and special people. So I'm very excited to do those and have you guys listen to them. So definitely stay tuned and you know what to do, the usual stuff. Don't forget to like, follow and subscribe to me on all of your favorite social media platforms and streaming platforms. I'm talking Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the whole lot. And I will see you, hear you, talk to you, I don't know, in the next episode. Bye for now.